0: Let's, uh, let's lift up the nation of Israel and let's pray. This is the eve of the Feast of Tabernacle over there. and There's a lot going on in the Middle East, totally prophesied in the Word of God, but we really need to pray for the peace of Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray that men and women of God will come to the forefront and begin to pray and intercede for the nations of the world, for the people of the world, We live in an exciting time and we're going to be talking about this tonight. The Bible is a great history book. It's a book about the present. It's a book about what God wants each and every one of us to do. And it has proclaimed the future. And we are moving into a prophetic time like none we have ever been in before. And you can become distracted by everything that's going on, or you can become focused by saying, this is what my Lord and Savior said, and we're going to go through it victorious. We're going to go into the storm, and we're going to come out of the storm, but we are going victorious. Can you say amen to that? Father, we, we have no fear. We have no anxiety because we live the Word. And that's what the Word says. And when it tries to come upon us, we refuse to accept it because it's not part of our covenant. We lift up the nation of Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for their protection. We pray for all of the Christian churches especially, but for all of the people in the Middle East right now. And all of the challenges that they are facing. And Lord, we just pray that somehow, some way, your protection will be there. Lord, we pray for America. We pray for all that you have called us to be, to the world, a bright light. Thank you, Lord, that the days of your using America are not over, but we also pray that America would come to their senses and that, Lord, we would understand the true meaning of being a light for you. We thank you for that. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, if you got your Bible, let's say it. The word, the word of God is truth. Is truth. If I live the Word. If I live the Word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. If I don't. If I don't. I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Hey, while you're still standing, I this is a good-looking crowd tonight. If you all brought some, uh, one or two people next Wednesday night, we would pack this place out. Turn to your neighbor and say, bring in a couple more. Bring
1: a couple you more. You can be things.
0: seated. Yes. Good to see you. If you have your Bibles. You can turn to the book of John chapter Ten, and we're going to be talking about continuing to be focused. are you focused honey? you got that, yes, you got that focus you got you ever get distracted from your focus, or, Yes. you got distracted the other day, you ran your car into the side of the curb at the now r- now
1: now now yeah
0: now. No, but but yeah, but it wasn't the first time it was the second time no,
1: I'm getting better though I didn't break a tire this time, I only.
0: Yeah, well, at least part. you're hitting the same tire, but but, yeah. but what is it? You drunk or what?
1: No, I wasn't drunk.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just challenge you. Well, never mind. You'll get it right now. But challenge I'm telling you, you on, they put this sidewalk challenge. too far out. <laughs> it's in my way when I go to Rosewalk, And when I pull in... It's the second time I've done it, but I notice that there's black tire marks all over it, which means there's other people. It means a
0: lot of women coming in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs>
1: there's more ladies maybe than men you should watch. There probably s- are. Yeah. They live longer than us, too. Yeah, they do live longer. That's true. <laughs> I think that's true because when I visit my mother, there's a lot more ladies than there are men. We wear you guys out. It's just over. Sorry.
0: That is We make you work real hard, and then truth. we say,
1: "Okay, well, relax now. You that go on." That
0: is the yep. truth. Sorry. You wear me out. I know I do. <laughs>
1: What's the message? The message. <laughs> Let's get back to that.
0: Okay, let me let me just paraphrase it You're all. You're not and-
1: focused. I can tell you right now. You've gone off in the ditch. <laughs>
0: We're living in a time where focus is important based on what did God say, not what we see. Uh And if you focus on the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be okay. But if you are a person who easily becomes distracted, let me see the hands, because if you're here, you know if you're easily distracted. Now, I can honestly say this about me. I seem to focus on something and if I'm focused on it nothing seems to bother me. That's true. If I'm focused. Mm-hmm. But but I can I can vacillate a little bit too but but it's it, it's very difficult sometimes to distract me if I know I'm focused. Does that make sense to you? But there are some people that are very easily distracted. Can I see your hands? You say, that is really me. Like you drive your car up to the rest home and you just run right in the curb because <laughs> you're distracted. You're not paying attention. That's, uh, I'm sorry. I was getting ta- off on a tangent yeah. there. I was getting distracted. But, yes. But, but if we focus on what God said, then we will not be distracted. We will not be anxious. We will not be fearful with what is about to come. And John 10.10 says, honey, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I've come to give life and give it more abundantly, over and above, excessive, and all of those types of definitions that are listed there in the the Bible. And uh, you can focus on what the enemy's doing. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. You can look around the world today, and you can get depressed real quick, and you can get distracted by everything that's going on. Is Ebola coming to America? Is it not coming to America? Well, it's coming to America. It's already here in America. Uh, are we going to be okay or we're we not going to be okay? Is the government going to be our source or what? Well, folks, I tell you what, anybody's got the government of the source already distracted. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor say, the government is not my source. The government is not my source. We believe that we are victorious and have authority and power and dominion. But you can take the example of John 10.10, and you can focus on what Jesus said or you can focus on everything that's going around, uh, on around you. And all you got to do is read the Bible. David lost his focus for a time. Uh, Moses lost his focus. It cost him the promised land. Uh, there are a lot of examples of where people would lose their focus, yet you and I are supposed to be focused upon Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, and that we refuse to be led by our emotions.
1: You know, I was thinking, my husband said, and I think it was Sunday, he even talked about it again uh, at lunch when I was with him. Uh, he said, you know, when you're going really fast, you you don't have to be as alert on top of things. But when you get uh, in, uh, when, I mean, when your speed is really fast, you have to be alert. But when you're just moseying through life, everything, you don't have to be as on top of your game. And I was thinking, well, that's that's true. But also what's true is when things around you are not going uh, the way that you would like them to go, you have to become more focused rather than caught up in all those things. And our tendency is when things start going the wrong direction to get our focus on the way things are going rather than causing that to make us go back to what the focus is and begin to Well, for one thing, recite the word of God and not what we see. In other words, our focus uh, as we're in those tight places, everybody say tight places. How many have ever been in a really tight place? And that's the hardest time sometimes to get your focus off of the fact that, you know, you're in this tight place. There doesn't seem to be a way of escape. But God has already said, I will provide a way of escape. But we have to focus on what God said and not what we See, and uh, I believe we live in a world that's not just distracted um, by necessarily what's going on, but really a lot of people are just living in a la in a, in la land. I, I saw on television uh, last night, and they, I don't know, or on maybe it was Facebook, where they showed uh, a guy named Jimmy Kimmel. I don't watch that show, but it must be on late at night. And he, in Los Angeles, he decided to just go out on the street and ask people, Who is Joe Biden? Now, for all of you who don't know, he is the vice president. You should ask
0: some of them.
1: (laughs) No, because they're brilliant. Don't ask Bill O'Brien. He'll tell you who he is. But, 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 you know, Joe Biden had come into Los Angeles. They had blocked off streets. They had done a bunch of things. And so he was, you know, it was apparent he was there. And they asked people, not any of the people that they asked, at least that they showed, knew, had a clue who he was. Some said, is he a movie star? And then this one lady said, yeah, uh, he, he, did you ever see the movie Pineapple Express? He goes, oh, yeah, that's the one he was in. That's, that's where I saw him. He wasn't in that movie. Uh, you know, finally, I mean, they said all kinds of things about who Joe Biden was. And finally, this one guy goes, um, is he like the assistant president or something like that? The assistant president. I think he's the assistant. Well, there is no assistant president. <laughs> And, you know, it just, everybody say, so distracted. See, people are so distracted by the way they're living their lives, they don't even know who the vice president is. Now, I can't tell you who ran two elections ago for vice president, but, you know, I do know who is there right now. And, uh, oh, and one said, I, I, I read, I, I watch, and I'm up to date on things, and he's a congressman. This lady said, and and I'm very up to date. I'm on the internet and uh, I watch. And uh, he's a a very good congressman. He isn't a congressman and I don't know what she's watching. But, you know, everybody say distracted. So we have to really make a decision in the day we're living. There's distractions, I believe, for people who just don't want to know. I think they just want to believe life's all right and I'm going to keep going. And as long as I don't know, then I won't have to deal with it. Everybody say, that's a lie. That is a big lie. And so we need to be focused on what God's saying because we are going to have to deal with it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you do have to deal with it. But God has given a way for us to deal with it that's victory for our lives.
0: If you have your Bibles, look, uh, let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 10, uh, because y- you need to be informed in this day and age that we live in. But you also need to be focused on Jesus, Jesus so that we know that we're going to be okay if we're doing what god has told us to do and the example that we're going to read today is the story of mary and martha and and how important it is and what jesus had to say about focus because right now in the world that we live in there there are challenges Everywhere, including America. And what we have to do is to realize that we're going to be okay. Tell your neighbor, we're going to be okay.
1: We're going to be okay.
0: If you're focused and in the center of the will of God. But if you get out of the will of God and get caught up with everything going on, your mind can become distracted very quickly. And and there are some people that I don't understand this totally, but I know it's true just an observation. We are all creatures of habit. So every single one of us are a creature of habit. If we want to break a habit, they say it takes about 21 days. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know for sure. But some habits are more difficult to break than others. But what happens is we've got to get to the point when we realize that I can't let my mind vacillate and focus on anything that it wants to because it can be fearful, there's a lot of sensational stuff going on out there. And even I have to be careful that I don't overload on Fox News or the current events or something else because I'm drawn to them. I want to know what's going on so I know how to pray. But if you're drawn to things that will keep you away from studying the Word of God, focusing on the Word of God, and focusing upon Jesus, then very quickly you can be moved away from that. And we know that Hebrews 12:1 through 3, it basically says, focus upon Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, in Luke chapter 10, this is a story about Mary and Martha. And honey, I believe this is a story about a lot of people today. You counsel a lot of women. No women ever counsel, uh, come to me for counsel. Uh, Nobody comes
1: to you for counsel. Nobody that's comes right. to me.
0: <laughs> that's true. His
1: counseling sessions are about three minutes long. That, Do you know true. what God is saying? Are you doing it? Come back when you are. <laughs> Because you, know, you can't help somebody who's not doing what they know God told them to do. So.
0: Yeah, but with you, I'm a little bit gentler, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I now, I, I, <laughs>
1: maybe sometimes.
0: Let's, let's paraphrase it here. Let's paraphrase it. But I am that way with myself, too. If oh, yes, you know you what are. to do and yeah. you don't do it, duh. Just say duh. duh. <laughs> if you know what to do and you don't want to do it, then you have certainly lost your way and you have gone astray, and you need to get back on doing what you know to do. Jesus came to the house of Mary and Martha. He showed up. They knew he probably knew he was coming, and they got the place all cleaned up, and everything was all great, and and uh, and and then all of a sudden, Mary and Martha, it says in verse number number uh, third uh, and number thirty nine. Uh, Mary and Martha greeted Jesus, welcomed him into the house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So, they both started in the same position. Mm -hmm. They were both sitting there listening to Jesus. But then all of a sudden, it says Martha was distracted. She saw that there were some needs. Uh, uh, She went uh, with much serving. She approached Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, let her come and help me. In other words, Martha was distracted by everything going on. Who was in the house? Jesus. Jesus was in the house. How many of you have ever sat in a service right here and been distracted? You can feel your mind start to get distracted. The Word of God is coming forth, and you're thinking, let me see, am I going to have popcorn tonight when I get home, or am I going to have an orange? <laughs> giving my secrets away now. I'm going to have popcorn. And all of a sudden, your mind starts to go, and you've got to get it right back there where it belongs, or you're going to miss what God has. The interesting thing is not so much the storyline as far as Jesus coming to their house. The interesting thing is the response that Jesus gave to Martha because was it a fact that there was some serving that needed to be done? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Was there a fact that Mary had not left the position of sitting at the feet of Jesus? Looks like it was so, but Martha had obviously gotten up and left and gone about serving while the son of God sat in the house and was probably giving profound wisdom and information.
1: You know, uh, Jesus has the answer. Everybody say, he has the answer. He has the answer. And so the, the enemy's ploy always is to pull us away from the answer, which is to pull us away from always. the presence of God. Yep. And and when we're in the presence of God, that's when we really have an opportunity to hear from God. How many of you know it's 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 better to be in your prayer closet seeking God and hearing from him than busy driving down the street and at the last minute you hear something that it's already too late and you've missed it. You know, those things that we hear in his presence are critical, I think, to our, our everyday life. And uh, in the day we're living in, I believe every day when we wake up, we should be saying, and and what is it the Lord has for me to do for him today? Everybody say for him today. Because uh, any given day, God can rearrange your schedule. How, how many of you had God rearrange your schedule? And uh, I, I prefer to kind of get started on the right, foot rather than try to fix whatever i've not done and then have to try to get it all done later but there are many days i i jump out of the bed with my own agenda now you may not do that but you know all of us have things we know have to be done but i've learned that if i ask him what he needs me to do then the things that i need to do get done very easily but sometimes if i start with my own agenda they never get done because what he wants me to do seems like an interruption how many of you have ever had, I mean, what, what, in the end, when you look back, what God had for you to do to you was an interruption of your day, rather than it, you got to do that for the Lord. It took you off your, your game. Well, God wants us to be in his game every day when we wake up and start our day. And I believe that, um, we can be so distracted so quickly that, even when God is in the house, so to speak, when He's speaking to us, when we take that time, we get distracted by a phone call, uh, we get di- distracted by a text. I know when I'm in the park, sometimes it seems like that's when Pastor Bill calls me, and he'll say, uh, "Am I interrupting you?" I hate to say yes. Would you stop doing this? But <laughs> but but sometimes, if I really am, if I'm really going after something, I feel like God's saying to me, "I say, let me call you back." Why? Because I don't want to lose that place of hearing that thing because I know it's important. Everybody say it's important. And that's what I believe Martha got distracted and then tried to get Mary to go with her. And Mary, Jesus said, she's chosen the best part. Everybody say the best part. He didn't just say the, good, the best part.
0: How many of you reached the point when you realize you don't have to answer every phone call that comes in? How many of you at the point that you have to answer every single phone call that comes in? (laughs) My wife gets so upset with me sometimes because I I don't like to answer the phone unless it's convenient. (laughs) You know what? That is the truth. It really is. That's why you have that little voice thing on there that says, if you'd like to leave a message, please do so. But remember, Jesus is the answer. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to reality. When you you were talking about getting out of bed, God doesn't want to interrupt your day. He wants to control your day. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to interrupt your day. He wants to control your day. And some of you have a very strong mind and you get up and your mind kicks in immediately and you start thinking about all of the things that you're going to do instead of getting up and start praying, God, what are the things that you want me to do? What happens here is that Jesus responded to Martha like this, said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Now, all she did was ask him to tell Mary to give me a hand. But he perceived spiritually that she was worried and troubled about many things. Now, there are three things that Jesus really talked about here with Mary. Number one, she was distracted. Number two, that led to her becoming worried, and then she became troubled over a situation and a circumstance that really was not even relevant. The cleaning of your house is not that important if Jesus is in the house. Can you say amen to that?
1: And it's too late to clean once it gets there because he already knows it's dirty.
0: (laughs) If, oh, I'm sorry, so sit con-
1: down in your mess and enjoy oh. his presence. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. after all, what matters?
0: You would think you'd be mesmerized. I mean, like like sitting in the presence of Jesus, knowing signs, wonders, and miracles, and the first thought you have is the dishes are dirty. Or the first thought you have is that we don't have enough potato salad. I mean, I can't even imagine that. I, I, I can't even imagine that. It wasn't that Martha was, what did I do wrong? Because you don't do either one of those. No, He doesn't
1: I, make potato salad and he doesn't I like love to do dishes. Salad. But he loves to eat it, and, but he does do dishes. He, you do do
0: dishes. Uh, yeah, well, so what was your point? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is what the Word of God says. You can just write these two scriptures down, but it, you've heard them before. But if you deal quickly with distractions, you will have very little opportunity to be distracted, and when you look at 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 the news, you can look at the news, and you know we pray for the family of the man in Dallas that uh, I think it was Dallas that he died from from Ebola. It's the first recorded death ever in America the first cases reported really now case of ebola now they have several people that they're looking for that have come in contact with him and uh, you know we, we have a really difficult situation on hand. you can focus on the difficulty of the situation or you can focus on god there is a hedge of protection around my church, around my family, around all of our friends, and you begin to speak the Word of God and not allow the distraction to draw some of those things to you. Because what you become distracted and focus upon, you can pull that into your world by the Spirit. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He's just looking for somebody that he can draw into his web. you ever seen a spider web up there and how they do that there's there's one spider that i don't know if it's the same spider or not but he comes to the same spot in the back of our house and i watch how he does that web he will work all night long to get a meal out of that web but it's just almost a taunting thing that he puts that up there and then these little bugs fly in there and he zaps them and it's really fun to watch but anyway <laughs> but he wor- He's so diligent doing what yeah. what he does yeah, and
1: he redoes it every time we tear it down he puts it right back
0: up. Yeah, it puts it right back up. I I don't know if it's the same. It looks like the same spider, but anyway. But anyway, we let's not say I should never. I should never. Be distracted.
1: Be distracted. To be worried. To be worried. Or to be troubled. Or to be troubled.
0: Now, we know that's going to take a concentration and a focus upon something, and that's the Word of God, not only written Word of God, but what the Holy Spirit is showing you. And this happened to me just this yesterday. Uh, I was going to McAllister's to meet a person, and uh, I, ha- I've, I had a word not too long ago. I don't know if I shared this <laughs> with you or not, but start having and carrying cash. I hardly ever carry any cash. I use a credit card all the time because we pay off the credit card. We don't leave the balance and pay interest, but the credit card gives you airline points and and I just like to do that. And And I kept hearing this about cash, cash, cash. And I think, well, end times, challenges, situations, circumstances, power failure, grid, stuff like that. Walked into McAllister's no light, only the emergency lights were on. I knew they had a problem. And I walked up the counter, and she said, we're only serving cold food, and if you got cash, you can eat here, and if you don't have any cash, you can't eat here. And all of a sudden, it was like a living example of what I thought I was seeing. And I said, are you serious? And she said, yes, we're only taking cash. We have no power. The power's out everywhere here. We've lost our refrigeration, but we can serve you cold food. And all of a sudden, it's an example of the focus of if God said do something, then do it does that make sense to you yeah. in other words god knows what's ahead he knows what's down the road and if we will do that now we don't get all nervous and like oh i gotta get a lot of cash and i gotta get rid of all my credit card no 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 just make sure that if the power goes out you got enough money to buy a bottle of water you walk into a place and want a bottle of water and they say I only take cash you don't have any cash now that's not for all of you to go out and do because god speaks to all of us individually so tell your neighbor he speaks to you individually but we get distracted sometimes by thinking, oh, yeah, God told me to do that, but I didn't do it. It's, it's really just that simple. If I live the word, I'll be blessed. That's not just the written word. Yeah. That is the current manna of the Holy Spirit. You live what he told you to do, you'll be blessed. No, you don't. You won't.
1: You know, usually Bill goes to the bank and he puts our checks in and he gets each of us a $20 bill. But I went to the bank and I got each of us 220 bills.
0: That's what I had.
1: And it turned he said to me, "Why did you why did you get so much money?" Everybody say God knows. I, I mean, I don't usually do that, but I did. You know, you can say, "Oh, well, that was just, you know, just a quirk or, you know, just No, I believe that that we need to listen and do what we feel to do. I'm not saying God told me to take that money out, but I felt to get more money out. And, and he said, how much am I supposed to take? I wanted to say, you take your 20. <laughs> That's what we always do, isn't it? You take 20, I take what's left. But I, I didn't. I shared equally. I spent
0: the 20, and I put the other 20 in the offering just, just yeah. now.
1: But he had cash. Everybody say, had cash. You know, it's important. It isn't that we need to um, be all the time concerned and worried, because I used to live like that, and I'm not going back there. I don't believe it's God. I don't believe what's happening in this, in this nation or in the world will ever stop me from being taken care of by God. That's right. But I will do what God tells me every day. Yeah. And, and I know that it says in Matthew six, is it 25 that it says, take no thought for your life. Don't worry. Don't be concerned about everything. Cause God knows how to take care of the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. And, and God gave me that scripture back in a time when I was a single mom with three kids and my outgo, did not equal my income. And I did not never have enough if on paper. But God always made a way for me. Even if he had to put groceries on my front doorstep, he made a way for me. And back then, I didn't know to use uh, welfare. I didn't know to get food stamps. I'm sure I qualified because my income was really, really low. But... In that place, God took care of me. And I was always so fearful that I wouldn't have enough that God, that's one of the very first thing God trained me in was that he would always take care of me. My source was not another person, was not a man because I had made that mistake. Uh, Not that I'm against men because I love my husband, but my husband is not my source. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what you said here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 yes i, I, I want to uh, expand on that a little bit yes it, it it says you know don't worry about your life in other words be anxious for nothing, nothing. and then in in the word wealth in the spirit filled bible this is what it says the word worry suggests it's the root is merimno it's the same root word for anxiety it's the same root word for care the word suggests a distraction a preoccupation with things that cause anxiety, stress, and pressure. A lot of people today are anxious through anxiety. They have stress and they have pressure. And the reason is because they have been distracted, not the situation or circumstance. Does that make sense? In other words, if you look at, okay, the situation and circumstance makes me anxious and it makes me uh, worried, and it makes me stressful. Well, then you're going to be that way the rest of your life because I've read what Jesus said is coming and what Second Timothy talks about in the end times. So if situations and circumstances that don't line up with the peaceful atmosphere that you want make you stressful and make you anxious and make you worried, then everything that's coming in the end times, that's how you're going to live your life. But that's not how Jesus said that I've overcome. There's going to be tribulation, but but just rejoice. I have overcome that, and you don't have to be under it or a part of it. And so that's why... When it says, I think it's Proverbs 13:12, "Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And that what we have to do is realize the situation and I'm not confessing this over you, but the situation and circumstance that you face that's causing a challenge that does not have to dictate to you, and it does not have to change for you to be OK. Does that make sense? Yes. In other words, if I get married, I'll be okay. Well, what if you never get married? Or what if you get married and you're not okay? Uh, if I get healed, I'll be okay. What? Uh, I didn't mean that that. Is that fine? <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. In, in other words, uh, if I'm healed, I'll be okay. Well, not to be negative because it is the will of God to heal you. But what if you're not healed? What if you live with a situation or a circumstance that you wish was gone? Paul had a thorn in the flesh. So we get to the point when we say, I'm going to live the way the Bible says I should live. The peace of God lives in my heart. Perfect peace is mine if I focus upon the Lord, Isaiah 26, 3. Therefore, I'm going to live the way I'm supposed to live.
1: You know, when I read that about full redemption rights, uh, how, how the body of Christ really doesn't take... Uh, all of that advantage of what Jesus did at Calvary. Mm-hmm. And, and the question that uh, Maxwell had was, uh, how much of that are you really living and enjoying in your life, what Jesus did at Calvary? You know, he came to give us peace. And it says, if your mind is stayed on Christ, Isaiah 26, 3, that you will live in perfect peace. And so when we're not peaceful, what does that mean? Well, we don't have our mind stayed on him because the word says, if it stayed on him, we will have perfect peace. And so that when we're not focused on Jesus, we have an opportunity for all these other things to take all of our energy. Everybody say energy. How many of you have gone to bed at night, just exhausted and you didn't do anything except if you check yourself, you worried all day. How many of that takes a lot of energy and it is, it is useless energy. Because it doesn't change the circumstance. Yeah. It doesn't help the situation. You know, um, a long time ago, uh, the Lord showed me, you're worrying. And it came out of that same scripture, Matthew six twenty-five. Your worry is not producing any good fruit. It only steals your energy. How many of you have, you know, you know how, what you can do. Some people can do more than other people. But worry, mind, torment, mind, going, 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 draws energy from yep. your body. Yeah. And and every time we give thought to things that we can't solve, it takes more energy because we're really trying to make that thing, uh, solve that thing that we're thinking about. If we could solve it, we already would have. And, and yet we spend energy every day thinking on that thing. How could we fix it? What could we do better? How's this going to be okay? What if I do this? What if I do that? Instead of focusing, everybody say focusing. On Jesus and doing what's before us. And he comes alongside and gives us the answer that we need to take care of that situation. I believe it's it's our redemptive right to live a victorious life. But it's a choice that we have to make daily to put down those things that the Bible says exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Those distractions that say it can't be done. Because I know people who have done amazing things and they didn't start out with any money. But they've become millionaires. There are people who've done things, great things, and they, they didn't ever have any potential in anybody else's sight to do that, but they did in God's. So what happened? They did not get distracted. They stayed fixed on the thing that God told them they could do.
0: That's a good word. And what you said, gosh, I want to preach that someday. I love that. Our redemptive rights. Everybody say, our redemptive rights.
1: Our redemptive rights.
0: Oh, through the redemption of Jesus Christ. These are the rights, the power, the authority that, that have been given to us. This is what it says in John sixteen thirty three. I made reference to it. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then it goes on to say, in tribulation... This is what it means. These things, I'm going to read it again with the meaning and the definition of that word. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, and distress. But, hey, be a good share. I've overcome the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's just a piece of cake. In, in other words, cake. what happens when you get a hold of the Word of God? It will not necessarily change the situation and circumstance that you have before you, but it will change the way you view the situation and the circumstance does that make sense amen and and what happens then honey, is that we get to the point when we live the way Jesus said, he summed it all up in luke ten forty two but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her and 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 the scripture before we pray for the people is that always comes to me i think about this scripture all the time but it's john fifteen seven and 8 if you abide in me and my word abides in you you ask whatever you will whatever you desire and it should be done herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and that is true in every moment of every day that you live in We may not see the manifestation of what we're believing for at that moment, but we can experience the confidence in Almighty God that he does hasten to perform his word. And that when we release it and let that care go, we absolutely walk totally focused upon Jesus.
1: And, you know, one of the ways God distracts you from your distractions is he will give you an opportunity. Everybody say an opportunity. He will give you an opportunity to give. I believe that with all my heart. When I was going through those times where I would be so distracted, God would put before me an opportunity to do something for somebody else. It's true that when you begin to do something for somebody else, it's God who's provided that good distraction to pull you back to who he is. And I was just thinking, as you were talking, you know, my mother, my father passed away about a month ago, and we've been very busy until this week, and now my mother's been in her place, and she's by herself. And so it, the days have been a little different for her. But yesterday, the people who uh, own the facility where she's at, uh, they had their, their director of all the things that go on in there to bring people, you know, to play bingo and all of that. Um she came and knocked on my mother's door and said, "Uh, we just wanted to know if tonight you could come and play for an hour because there's some ladies who want to sing hymns. And uh, we just wanted to see if you could come and play for them. And, uh, and my mom said, sure, I'll, I'll come. Well, you know, she had a really good night. Everybody say, God will distract you. He will distract you with good things. He will distract you to put you back on the path That he has for you. Because my mom has gifts and talents that people need. She's 91, but she can still play the piano. She can still sing those old carols to the top of her lungs. And she brought a whole bunch of people along with her. She said, I had about 20 people last night, Pam. The most I've had in a long time down there playing and singing. It wasn't on the agenda, but it was on God's agenda. And if we'll watch... When the devil tries to distract, I promise you, God's got another way to pull you back. But you have to be willing. Everybody say willing mm-hmm. to make that step to give and let God use that to re- have you receive.
0: Many of you know Pam's mom, but she is so cute. And uh, she, uh, the other day we were somewhere, I forget where, and she said, I I go to bed early so I can get up early and go to breakfast. I, I want to beat all those old people. <laughs> and She's, not, she's 91. She's, she's older than almost all of them that are there. I think there. there's only six people
1: older than <laughs> her in she the whole says,
0: place. She says, I want to beat those old people. Let's all, <laughs> let's all stand to our feet. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, we're in for an exciting time in the world. And I don't make light of what's going on, but by the same token, we've got to view it through the eyes of Almighty God. And realize that there's a part that we have to play there are some things that you will be faced with and you're faced with right now many of you that you know it has to go because it's 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 contrary to the Word of God in your life in your family and you begin to pray and you release it and you and you give it to the Lord but you do not let it challenge you emotionally even though many times it doesn't look like it's going the right direction there's a situation, well, we saw it in Tulsa, and we've seen it here occasionally, where a lady comes to church for years without her husband and believes and believes and believes, and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, he comes, and, and he sits with her. And, and it's like, okay, what about all those years he didn't come? What about the year he's coming right now? In other words, you can stand and believe for something for a long time, And then all of a sudden it happens. And all of those years that maybe you were concerned or or nervous or fearful, or they they just went by and and they drained your battery, but they didn't have to. Because if you give it to the Lord, and that's why that scripture that I quote a lot, I know, but I try to live it in my own life. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast every care upon the Lord. Otherwise, it will be a distraction in your life. And we've got to get to the point, honey, when we are going to live the Word of God no matter what happens in these times that we're entering into and already in and and be a blessing to people because if we're okay with the Word of God, we can touch the lives of people. So I'm going to have you pray for everyone, but would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I know Pam prayed earlier during communion. Maybe some of you might have come in a little bit late. I want to ask you this question. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity if you're here tonight and you say i I don't know if i died today i'd go to be with jesus but i certainly want that assurance or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son a prodigal daughter you've walked away from the things of god and you're not sure where you would spend eternity let tonight be the night that you settle that issue and all over this church if you're here and you say pastor pray for me. I know my life is not right. I know that I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. Yes. 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 I see your hand over there. Yes. All the way back to in the corner. Are there others you say pray for me? I I know my life is not right, but I want it to be. Are there others before we pray? God loves you. God cares for you. All of you who lifted your hands, would you quickly come down here to the altar with me? Ushers, would you help us right here? Give them a hand as they come all the way over here. A couple of them right there in that second row. Yeah, give them a hand. We thank God for each and every one of you. God has a plan for your life. He's a God of restoration. Yeah, keep, keep, keep it up. Keep applauding. Yeah, we thank God for each and every one of these stretch your hands out toward them at this altar honey let's begin to pray for them father we thank you for each and every one of these lord we thank you that you have brought them here by divine appointment tonight and lord we thank you that there is a plan that there is a purpose for their life and we give you the praise we give you the honor and we give you the glory for each and every one of them I want us all to pray this prayer, and we're going to join you at this altar right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, Jesus, I believe believe that you are the Son of God. God. I believe that you died for my sins.
1: sins.
0: I've sinned. I've made mistakes. mistakes. But tonight, tonight, I acknowledge you you as as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. take control of my life. life. The true desire of my heart
2: heart
0: is to serve you you. and to be all that you would have me to be. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these, Lord, for their plan, for their purpose, that you are a God of restoration. And I thank you, Lord, that they stand before you cleansed by the blood of the Lamb ready to fulfill your assignment for their life on this earth. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.
2: We hope this message encouraged you. Victory Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with You. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.